Welcome to our podcast, our worship service remote for First United Methodist Church of West Pittston and Plains United Methodist Church of Plains, Pennsylvania. Our scriptures that we'll be reading later this morning are 1 Corinthians 1, 3 through 9, and Mark 13, 24 through 37. At this time, I'd also like to invite you to pause the podcast if you'd like to try and get together a makeshift Advent wreath there at home. All you would need is five candles or lights set on a table. You can put them in a circle of four with one in the middle if you like. If you have greens, you could set them around. We will have an Advent reading in just a couple moments in which you can light your first candle this week. If you don't want to try and get a makeshift Advent wreath together, that is, of course, perfectly fine. You can just close your eyes and light a candle on a wreath in your imagination. I am Reverend Tenny Hutchinson Rupnick, and my email is tenhutrup at gmail.com. That's T-E-N-H-U-T-R-U-P at gmail.com. Please send me any prayer requests you have, and I'll be sure to be praying for them. And if you tell me if they are private in nature or if it's okay to share them, then I will know if I can share them in the next week's podcast. Our prayer requests for our charge for this week are for Tia, Heidi, Sharon, and Mark, for the family of Martha Linsky, for the Williamses, for folks in our church family who are dealing with brokenness in their families. For little Nate Gray, who is fighting cancer. For Rebecca, who is fighting cancer. For all our healthcare workers and first responders. All our governmental and civic leaders. And for the cases of COVID to start declining instead of rising. This is the first Sunday of Advent, November 29th, 2020. Our first hymn this morning is number 211 in our hymnal and is entitled, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou wisdom from on high, and order all things far and nigh. To us the path of knowledge show, and cause us in her ways to go. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. 
O come, O come, great Lord of might, who to thy tribes on Sinai's height in ancient times once gave the law in cloud and majesty and awe. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou root of Jesse's tree, and ensign of thy people be. Before the rulers silent fall, all peoples on thy mercy call. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Our gathering meditation for this morning is from the book of Psalms, Psalm 80, 17 through 19. But let your hand be upon the one at your right hand, the one whom you made strong for yourself. Then we will never turn back from you. Give us life and we will call on your name. Restore us, O Lord of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. And our call to worship. Alleluia, the Christ child comes, and we await his birth. Let us throw off our distractions and allow the chaos to settle. Let us stand on tiptoe and shout aloud and sing, Alleluia, the Christ child comes, and we await his birth with great hope. Our prayer for invocation. Almighty God, as we begin this season of Advent, Remind us again that in the midst of our darkness, you are bringing us hope to calm our anxious spirits and hectic lives. Turn our hearts again toward you. Make us ready to receive your Son, our Savior. Slow our pace and give us the blessing of your hope in our spirits. For we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. And now we come to the time of the reading for our Advent candle lighting. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, the Sunday in which we recall the hope we have in Christ. The prophets of Israel all spoke of the coming of Christ, of how a Savior would be born, a king in the line of David. They spoke of how he would rule the world wisely and bless all nations. On Christmas Day, the Christ of our hope was born. On Good Friday, the Christ of our hope died. On Easter Day, the Christ of our hope rose from the dead. He then ascended into heaven. On the last day, the Christ of our hope will come again to establish his kingdom over all things on earth. As followers of Christ, we await his return. We light this candle to remember that as he came to us humbly in the manger at Bethlehem and gave his light to the world, so he is coming again in power to deliver his people. We light this candle to remind us to be alert and to watch for his return 
in great hope. At this point, you can light the candle of hope, your first Advent wreath candle. Let us pray. Loving God, we thank you for the hope you give us. Help us to prepare our hearts for the Lord's coming. Bless our worship. Help us live holy and righteous lives. We ask it in the name of the one born in Bethlehem. Amen. Our second hymn this morning is number 203 in the hymnal and is entitled, Hail to the Lord's Anointed. Hail to the Lord's anointed, great David's greater son. Hail in the time appointed, his reign on earth begun. He comes to break oppression, to set the captives free, to take away transgression and rule in equity. He comes with succor speedy to those who suffer wrong, to help the poor and needy and bid the weak be strong, to give them songs for sighing, their darkness turned to light, whose souls condemned and dying are present precious in his sight. He shall come down like showers upon the fruitful earth. Love, joy, and hope like flowers spring in his path to birth. Before him on the mountains shall peace the herald go, and righteousness in fountains from hill to valley flow. To him shall prayer unceasing and daily vows ascend. His kingdom still increasing, a kingdom without end. The tide of time shall never his covenant remove. His name shall stand forever, that name to us is love. Let's join together now in our confession of faith as we recite the Apostles' Creed. Let us say what we believe and believe what we say. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. And now we come to the time of our children's message. Do you know that when you were born, you were each given something that is very important to you? It's true. Each of you were. And it's something that you still have and use even now and will have and use for the rest of your life. The thing that you were given at birth is something that you share with others all the time, but it never runs out. And it's something that was picked out especially for you. Can you guess what this gift is? Well, I'll tell you. When each of you were born, each of you was given a name. Think of your name for a moment. Say it out loud. Did you say your first name only just now, or did you say your first name, middle name, and last name? Do you even have a middle name? Some people don't, you know. How about other names? For example, do you have a nickname that some people call you? Jesus was given his name before he was born. He was God's son, and many months before he was born, God told, told Joseph and Mary through an angel to name him Jesus. The name Jesus means the Lord saves. This name was important because Jesus was sent by God to save the world from sin. Some of our names might mean special things too. My daughter, for example, is named Anmay, and her father and I named her that because it means beautiful peace. Do any of you know what your names mean? Jesus had other names too. He was also called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus was God's son, but Jesus was also God, God's self, appearing here on the earth to be with the people of the world. Jesus has given many other names in the Bible, and all of, us, all of them tell us something about who Jesus is and what he does for us. Jesus is also called Wonderful Counselor, Light of the World, King of Kings, Prince of Peace, Lamb of God, and many, many others. All of these names tell us things about Jesus. But during Advent, that's the four weeks before Christmas, and during Christmas itself, the name of Jesus that we think about the most in the church is the name Emmanuel. During Advent, that four weeks before Christmas, we sing the hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Remember, Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus is God with us. The baby born at Christmas was God, God's self coming to live with us here on earth. Emmanuel may sound like a strange name. It's not a name that we hear all the time for people to have, but it reminds us of something very important. When we invite Jesus into our hearts, God is right here with us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, our Emmanuel, Come and live in our hearts. Thank you for coming to be with us on that very first Christmas so long ago. And thank you for being with us always and evermore. And all God's children say, Amen. Please join with me in our prayer for illumination. God, give us the faith to say with the psalmist, Lord, you light my lamp, my God illuminates my darkness. 
May your light of hope shine in the darkness of our lives. Open our eyes and hearts to the hope found in your word. Help our spirits to receive it and help us through our discipleship to pass it on. Give us your light of hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Our first reading this morning is an epistle reading. That is, it's a, a letter from Paul reading from 1 Corinthians 1, 3 through 9. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give my thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him in spirit, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And our Gospel reading, Mark thirteen twenty-four through 37. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the son of man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight or at cock crow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our message is entitled this morning, Looking for Our Hope. So here we are, the first week in Advent already. 2020 is winding down and all some of us can probably think is, thank heavens, and can we please put it behind us already? In some ways, I also feel like that, as this year has been a challenging one and an odd one personally and in my own life. And I think every single one of us can talk about the struggles we have had and have our own unique 2020 stories that we can tell. After all, hasn't this been the strangest of years? And one of the ways that it has been strange for me is the way that time seems to crawl by 
and race past all at the same time. Has anyone else noticed that? In moments of isolation or sheltering in place, every tick of the clock, every afternoon, every day, seems to move through a kind of time molasses. That is, it seems to only move forward in a slow and sticky way. Tick, tock, tick. But, and at the same time, when we lift our heads up from our new normal and from our new regular routine, we see how much that grandchild or niece has grown over Zoom, or we're surprised that it's already Halloween. Wait, I mean Thanksgiving. Wait, that's over too. I guess it's nearing time for Christmas now. And before we know it, the old man 2020 will shuffle on out. And the new toddler of 2021 will careen headlong on in. So we're in Advent now. Our churches are newly decorated. The pyramids are changed to blue and the wreaths and bows, the evergreens and candles and trees are out. And while this time of the year has grown more and more to be thought of as the Christmas season, it's not. Not yet. Not for us as Christians. That's right, the Christmas season is not here yet. And I think we do well to remember it because Christmas in the church is ushered in at the end of a Christmas Eve service or at the beginning of Christmas Day. And then the Christmas season stretches on from that Christmas morning through the 12 days of Christmas and on through to the epiphany of our Lord. You know, that Sunday when we remember that the wise men knew who Jesus was even as a small child and came to him and honored him. And I say that I think we do well to remember that these next few weeks are not the Christmas season yet, because then hopefully we can better separate Christmas from all the shopping and all the wrapping. We can then better distangle what Christmas is really about from the yard decorations and baking. We can better detach it from all the Salvation Army volunteers ringing their bells by their buckets and all the office parties. And most importantly, we can better separate the Christmas season from all the anticipation and all the waiting because all that is incredibly important to a different season, to Advent. All that anticipation, anticipation and all that waiting, that is, it's incredibly important to our experience of Advent. After all, and remember, that's what the Advent season, this season, is all about. Look at it this way. Envision it this way. Right now, Mary is still pregnant. And she's happy, but she's not quite to the joy yet. And she feels love burgeoning, but she can't love on the child yet. And she wants to welcome a fine, healthy baby, but does not yet feel the peace because she is still waiting, still anticipating, still in a position and mode of hoping instead of knowing. Anyone who has expected the arrival of a baby can relate to this, can relate to this time of which I'm speaking. A time when one waits and waits and waits and anticipates and anticipates and hopes. And today and in this Advent season, it is all about the hope. As a pastor, I'm not a big fan of Santa Claus. 
Now, I have nothing against the man himself specifically. He makes many kids very, very happy. But as a person who stands in the pulpit to talk about the real reason for the season, I often feel that the very real and very important story of Jesus the Christ being born in a lowly manger a couple of thousands of years ago is overshadowed and all too often entirely overlooked because of Santa Claus, because of that bearded guy in his fur-lined red velvet suit. And that's what I don't like. Because I'd love for Christmas to be about Christ again. What if in our malls we had children flock to sit on Joseph's knee and hold Mary's hand and listen to them talk with excitement about the coming of their son, for example? But alas, I am a realist and I know that will never be, so I am not the biggest fan of all the Santa fuss. But I will tell you one thing I love about it all. The waiting. I love the waiting it inspires. The anticipation. The hope that builds up and up and up because there is nothing more appropriate, in my opinion, and to this season than a child who wants and waits in these weeks ahead. Wanting and waiting for Santa, sure. Wanting and waiting for wrapped boxes and ribbons, yes. Wanting and waiting for toys and desserts, for food and fun, okay. But still so appropriate because that's what Advent is all about. Still so appropriate to this specific season of our worship because in that child's innocent hope, we do witness the proper attitude and positioning of a true believer during Advent and waiting for Christmas. Imagine a child who takes a chocolate a day from her advent calendar, counting down the time till the big guy comes with each sweet and excited bite she takes. Imagine a child who has snuck out of his bed and who has his hands against the frosty glass of his bedroom window as he looks out over the rooftops, hoping to catch a glimpse of a flying sleigh. Imagine the child who tips tiptoes past her parents' quiet room in the middle of the night and sneaks carefully down a long hallway toward the living room, wandering toward the light of their tree, wondering if her gifts have been dropped off yet. This is the way we should be as Christians and during this season. Not weighted with and overwhelmed by all the details that don't matter, but overcome with and buoyed up by, on the edge of our seats, so to speak, with the hope that does matter. But for us, it is the hope for our coming Christ. As many of you are aware, I have a new kitten. Well, at this point, he's a new cat because he's not so little anymore. Well, actually, at this point, When he's turning six months old, he's a total kitten, but in a cat-sized body in that he's all mischievousness and energy and pounce. A cat-sized body housing a kitten brain that guarantees that he has the strength and size and poor judgment to make it count. And like most cat kittens, he's wound up like a tightly coiled spring and loves to chase and jump and climb and dart and play. And like most owners of cat kittens, I get a lot of entertainment out of his antics, even though I'm just as often the target of them. He does make me laugh. 
like when nothing in the world is going on in our quiet house except in his head, and he dashes into the peaceful room where I'm sitting in a flurry of fuzz just to stop on a dime, bounce to the side a couple of times with an arched back, and then race back on out as if he's in some James Bond or Jason Bourne situation that only he knows about. Yeah, he's entertaining. Well, a few weeks back, I got him a laser light pen, and this is about the best $5.48 I've ever spent because the intrigue, the drama that that point of light lends to his affairs. He loves that thing. Ooh, but he also hates it because he's fast. He knows he is, and yet try and try as he might, he can never quite catch that point of light. So he chases it with a grim determination and in fierce, feline, wounded pride. And I love to work off some of his energy by getting him to chase it up the hall and down the hall and up the steps and down the steps and over here and over there. And sheesh, who am I kidding? Like a toddler, his energy is never spent. And more often than not, it is I who gets tired of the game and stops pressing the button on that laser light pen so that that point of red light suddenly disappears. It is I who sets the pen down and moves on to something else. And you know what I've noticed after I've turned the light off? This is why I brought this up today. Do you know what I have noticed? He continues to watch that section of wall where that point of light last was. Or he continues to study that part of the couch upon which it last landed. Or he continues to stare at that stair step it last dashed over. My cat will continue to sit there and wait and watch for it and his expectation of seeing it and his fear of missing it and his anticipation and his hope that it will light up and dance about once again. And it occurred to me that that, my friends, is Advent. That is what this Advent season is all about. Looking for the light. Having a confidence it will return. Faithfully hoping and watching and waiting for it. Our scriptures for today probably don't seem all that Christmassy. They are not about Mary or Joseph or about an angel announcing the coming of a special child. They don't have shepherds or stars or mangers in them. No, they're not very Christmassy at all. But these are the lectionary that is the recommended scriptures for today. And they are very, very fitting. Because instead of being Christmassy, they are Advent-y. If either of those is actually a real word, I'd be surprised. But they are. These scriptures are Advent-y because they are filled with the promise of Christ's return. They are filled with a watching and a waiting. And they are filled with a vast and incredible hope. The hope that is all about the Christ, all about the truth, all about the love and the peace and the joy and the power of a real Messiah King on a real heavenly throne who doesn't give us presents, so to speak, but who does give us his presence instead. These scriptures remind us to keep alert, to keep waiting and to keep watching. These scriptures tell us to be like my overgrown kitten, on alert and on edge, expecting and anticipating, 
alert for the return of the one who will fill our world with all the joy and love and peace that has been promised and that we count on and believe in. To be watching and waiting and fully alert for the one who matters with all the power of all of our hope. In the hope for the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, all God's children say, Amen. Our next hymn for this morning is number 178 in the hymnal and is entitled Hope of the World, and I will be reading it. Hope of the world, thou Christ of great compassion, speak to our fearful hearts by conflict rent. Save us thy people from consuming passion, who by our own faults, hopes, and aims are spent. Hope of the world, God's gift from highest heaven, bringing to hungry souls the bread of life. Still let thy spirit unto us be given to heal earth's wounds and end all bitter strife. Hope of the world, afoot on dusty highways, showing to wandering souls the path of light. Walk thou beside us, lest the tempting byways lure us away from thee to endless night. Hope of the world, who by thy cross did save us from death and dark despair from sin and guilt. We render back the love thy mercy gave us. Take thou our lives and use them as thou wilt. Hope of the world, O Christ, or death victorious, who by this sign didst conquer grief and pain, we would be faithful to thy gospel glorious. Thou art our Lord, thou dost forever reign. At this point in our podcast, we remember our call to support our churches with our time, our talents, our treasure, and our presence when possible. And so I say now, as I say every week, just as our almighty God gave entirely of God's self for our sakes, we're likewise called to give up of ourselves for the sake of others. Let us pray. Abundant and loving God, we give to you our tithes and gifts and offerings, and we pray as we do so that we, so that they may, might have some small part in planting and growing and spreading the greatest of all hopes, the hope that can only be found in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God above, ye heavenly host. Praise Creator Christ and Holy Ghost. Amen. And now as we have so gathered, not together in body physically, but still together as the body of Christ, as his church, let us bend the knees of our hearts and bow our heads before our creator, sustainer, and Lord in prayer. Let us pray. O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer. When we call and answer us, O Lord, hear our prayer. O Lord, hear our prayer. Come and listen to us. Merciful God, 
full of grace. Hear our prayers of confession and our prayers of need in these next few moments of silence. O Emmanuel, God with us, truly in this Advent season, we celebrate that you are not hidden in some faraway cloud, but that you chose to be with us in the blur and mystery of our lives. In the midst of all the to-do lists and Christmas rush, you are with us as a song that echoes in our minds, as the light of a candle that flickers on a mantle, as a card from a friend that arrives in the mail. They are signs and symbols of your presence, your faithfulness, and your love. We turn to you this season and pray that you would bring forth within us your joy and your healing, your blessing, hope, and peace. Let something wonderful begin in us, something surprising and holy. Loving Lord, may your hand be upon us during this, your Advent season. May your hope guide us. Your love fill us, your joy overwhelm us, your peace sustain us. And may our longing for you be fulfilled on a coming, O holy night, when Emmanuel is with us once again. We pray all these things in the name of our Emmanuel, and we continue to pray now as he taught us to, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our final hymn for the morning is a Christmas hymn, a favorite, I think, number 218. It came upon the midnight clear. It came upon the midnight clear, that glorious song of old. From angels bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold. Peace on the earth, goodwill to men from heaven's all gracious King. The world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing. Still through the cloven skies they come with peaceful wings unfurled. And still their heavenly music floats o'er all the weary world. Above its sad and lowly plains they bend on hovering wing. And ever o'er its babble sounds the blessed angels sing. And ye beneath life-crushing load, whose forms are bending low, 
who toil along the climbing way with painful steps and slow look now for glad and golden hours come swiftly on the wing oh rest beside the weary road and hear the angels sing for lo the days are hastening on by prophets seen of old when with the ever circling years shall come the time foretold when peace shall over all the earth its ancient splendors fling and the whole world send back the song which now the angels sing before we take our leave now of one another may we recite the wesleyan covenant prayer together i am no longer my own but yours put me to what you will rank me with whom you will put me to doing put me to suffering let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. In this Advent season especially, we need to see, feel, and share hope. Let hope live in your heart and share the hope of Christ with those you meet. May we be a people of hope. Amen. All hope to you now. All hope, my friends, may God's full mercies bless you, my friends, in all your living and through your loving, Christ be your great hope. Christ be your great hope.